it's time to go behind the curtain of the director role and have honest discussions with leaders in the campus recreation industry. In this episode, host Grady Sheffield, the director of campus recreation at Towson University and the senior advisor to Campus Rec Magazine, gives you the listener real and authentic conversation between himself and special guest, DJ Preston, the director of recreation and wellness at Radford University. Preston shares how an injury while playing football eventually led him to Campus Rec and the career he now pursues. He speaks on his time at Texas State, how he came to see Campus Rec as a career, and a call that he got from Allie Cross that changed his life. He also shares on moving from a sports club coordinator to a senior associate director, and how he became a director after applying for it again, having turned down the job offer the first time. Sheffield also has Preston discuss leading through culture change, avoiding burnout, and the biggest surprise of being a director. Here's their conversation. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Director Download. Once again, I'm your host, Grady Sheffield, and today I'm joined by DJ Preston, who's the Director of Student Recreation and Wellness at Radford. DJ, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Grady. I appreciate you getting me on. Absolutely. So for those that don't know, tell us where Radford is. Where is it located? Uh, uh, Radford's in Southwest Virginia. Most people know uh, Radford is in proximity to Virginia Tech. So uh, we're about 20 minutes away from Virginia Tech. But uh, as far as major cities are concerned, three hours from Charlotte, North Carolina, three hours from Richmond, Virginia, and about 45 minutes from Roanoke, Virginia, uh, two hours to Greensboro, North Carolina. So really regional and uh, in the mountains, man, in the middle of the mountain. You should come down sometime. Yeah, yeah. I've been there for sure. And I'll come down and visit. Uh, How big is it? Uh, as far as student population, we're probably sitting somewhere around 8,000 students. We probably have about 5,000 on campus students, but we've got a, um, we've got a, a school out in Roanoke, which is uh, Raff University at Carillion, okay. which is like a partnership with the hospital, like a health sciences deal that, that carries a lot of uh, students as well for us. Yeah, got you. How long have you been in the role? Uh, it'll be five years in January. Oh, well, happy early anniversary. Thank you very much. Job well done. I I suppose so. (laughs) (laughs) No, well, they haven't told you otherwise yet, right? That's right. That's right. The checks keep coming, so that's a good thing. Yeah, there you go. All right, so let's let's go back a little bit. Um, You did your undergrad at Virginia Tech. You were a Hokie, not just as a classmate, but you were you were on the playing field. What'd you do there? So, yeah, I am a Hokie. I was a Hokie. I am a Hokie. Uh, Yeah. So I went to Virginia Tech to play football as a uh, as a linebacker. A linebacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you're not me. You're not mean enough to be a linebacker. I know, man. You know, things (laughs) change. You know, things change. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Go ahead. I interrupt. No, it's all good. I I say I'm a I'm a I'm a teddy bear is what they say. I'm like, but a bear is still a bear. So be careful on that. Right. But um. (laughs) But yeah, so early in my freshman year, I ended up uh, injuring my knee um, that was going to require surgery. And so after the season, I got surgery. And so I never I never saw the field, um, but I was a part of that atmosphere. You know, those got my brothers there, you know, uh, the people that, that we absolutely came in with and had a good time with at Virginia Tech. Um, and so it was when very, was this was uh, actually it was uh, 2004 is when I came in. So okay. 2004. So it was the first year that Virginia Tech transitioned to the ACC. 
And so gotcha. we ended up winning the ACC that year and uh, got a bid to go to the Sugar Bowl to play Auburn in the Sugar Bowl. So were you down there? Pretty, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, that's so awesome. That was a pretty, pretty awesome time to be able to experience Bourbon Street as a, a 18 year old freshman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. That's so um, how did you get introduced to Rec then? So, yeah, once once I realized that I was probably going to need another surgery to to see the field, again, to see the field, uh, I decided against that. I said, you know what, I'm going to take a different direction. Uh, I don't have NFL aspirations and my body didn't like that first one. And so um, I was actually sitting on a bus. I was sitting on a campus bus and I saw an ad to like referee uh, intramural sports. Right. And so I'm just like. I guess I could, you know, I could do that since I got to transition. I've got to find something to fill my time. Uh, and I went over to intramural sports and that was my, really my entrance to uh, campus recreation. I didn't really know that it existed beyond intramurals. I never thought of it as the business that it is uh, or as the service or the program that it is. And so uh, it just kind of led me on down the path and some really, really fine people kind of helped to continue building, uh, building me up and building my resume to the point where I was able to kind of take it full time. So where did you go after you graduated? Uh, so I went to Texas State University uh, down in San Marcos, Texas. And that was as my a grad? First as a grad student in intramurals, yeah. Yeah. So, and that was, it was pretty awesome. Obviously moving, moving far away from everything I knew, you know, 22 hours away from home. Uh, just a, it's a good time and uh, some really good people down there as well, man. And I um, was able to go down there and really cut my teeth to, to what I consider is the, the business of Campus Rec. Uh, we were opening a new rec center. So uh, in addition to the rec center, that pretty much doubled the size of the current one. And so I got a lot of experience in that expansion, got a lot of experience in intramurals, and I was able to really, you know, learn a lot about how it was to kind of run a program. I didn't, I wasn't micromanaged. I was able to kind of learn on the fly. Ended up doing some really good things down there. And um, yeah, and kind of transition, transitioned off. There's a lot of history down there. Indeed, Southwest man. Texas, say Texas. That's right. Yeah. It's, a, it's, some, it's some rock stars that came through that program. And I, I mean, coming from Virginia, I never knew that. I never knew the, you know, the history of Southwest Texas or Texas State and Texas State. And so when I got down there and people began to, you know, I began to go into regional conferences or national conferences and started to hear some of the names of some people that had come through the program. I'm like, I ended up, I ended up finding a really good place. And so happy and proud to be an alum of Texas state as well, because a lot of folks um, that were instrumental in my success also kind of came through, came through there. As well. So tell me, tell me a little bit more about that. People that were instrumental in your success. What, what was going through your mind when you left Virginia Tech, where you went to play football, which, you know, your career ended a little short, probably not what you expected. You jump into rec. You're leaving. You're from Virginia, right? That's it. Yeah, you're going to a whole new world, to Texas. And then you, you get there, and it's great, right? You're loving it. You're loving it. So when did the thought process come for you Hey, I'm going to be a rec professional. I think it was at Texas State, you know, uh, I really enjoyed like the intramural program. I enjoyed being around, you know, 
coworkers. I saw the outdoor kind of outdoor programs for the first time. Uh, there was a river on campus down there. And so we had like a uh, Sewell Park that was just a part of, it was a part of the atmosphere, um, you know, an introduction to club sports at the time and just all the things that kind of went along. And I'm like, you know, this is, this is cool. I could definitely make this, I could make this a, a career path because up, again, up until, up until I interviewed for graduate assistantships, really up until probably weeks before I interviewed for a graduate assistantship, I never knew that NERSA existed. I never knew that you could go from this place mm -hmm. to, you know, graduate school and, you know, kind of, kind of the career path for a traditional rec person. Never knew yeah. it existed until probably a month before I ended up going down to Texas. Yeah. So you were all in then based on your experience down there, you were ready to go. Yeah, what was interesting is uh, the national conference when I came out of Virginia Tech was in Austin. Yeah. And so we went to Austin and had a really great time in Austin. Uh, I tell, So my, my first supervisor at Texas State was Trevon Walker, right? So he was my assistant director when I was a grad. And um, the Texas Relays, which is one of the largest track meets, were in mm -hmm. Austin. And so Austin was like, Austin was incredible that week. And so it was happening. Like, yeah, it was happening, right? Yeah, I was there. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Well, we're 20 minutes, 30 minutes down the road. And I'm like, Well, I can get, you know, I can get back to this every weekend or so. And he's like, Yeah, it's, I mean, Austin will be here. And so that, you know, it also helped. It also helped yeah. uh, the transition down to Texas. But yeah, but that's when, after my, during my second year, I really got my footing and I said, Yeah, this is, this could be, uh, this could be a career opportunity for me. Yeah. So what happened next? Uh, after I graduated, I actually ended up, I didn't, I didn't like the job offers that were on the table. Why not? Um, and so just location, pay, I was real <laughs> stubborn then too, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't really, I wasn't really interested in settling, right? Mm. Um, and so I decided to go home and I ended up, uh, ended up going home for about, I guess about eight months and coaching and teaching, I kind of got a uh, got like a substitute teaching job, and started coaching and really like helping the athletes around the area, kind of build their skill sets up in basketball and football. Just kind of getting kind of almost like a training thing going on the side. Ended up starting an AAU basketball program, uh, and just kind of getting involved there. And uh, so where's your head at? Where's your head at right at this point? You just spent all this time in Texas to you know, potentially jump into this career of campus rec. And it sounds like you're doing some great stuff, but I'm curious, like what's going through your mind? It's like, it's like, we'll get, we'll get there, but we're going to make sure that we get there in a, in a region that we want to be in a location that we want to be in. Um, and if not, we'll go a different route. You know, like I thought that it would work. And if it, if it, it didn't work out immediately, but I wasn't going to settle to be in a place that I, didn't want to be just to try to make it work as a rec professional. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. All right. So everything's going well, you're coaching, you're developing kids, you're teaching here and there doing some AAU stuff. I think he said, so then what? So then, uh, Virginia tech call, Virginia tech who called call. you? It was Allie. Wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> Allie, Allie Cross, Allie Cross. Allie Cross yes, right? sir. Uh, yep. And just talked about there was a, a position that was opening in club sports, uh, and and they felt like it would be a good fit, and you know, kind of recruiting me to apply, kind mm -hmm. of deal. And uh, 
did did so, applied, and really the rest is the rest was history because I ended up getting that position. It was the first time they had had a coordinator for club sports, and I uh, got a chance to go in first full time job. It was in a place that I I was willing to be, um, and so it was it was kind of on from then. And I, you know, I always thought that I was best suited, even though I worked in intramurals. I always felt like I was better suited for club sports and just my team sports background and atmosphere being an athlete. You know, I, very, I felt very much more athletic director realm than I did like intramural sports realm. So you started there as a coordinator and then you quickly moved up, right? I did. I did. Um, so I, I started Virginia Tech in 2011 and I left Virginia Tech in 2018. And within that time, I ended up being promoted three times to what? Uh, so I assistant director for sports club or sport clubs, and then associate director and senior associate director within that time frame. So, you know, it, it doesn't happen all the time that a sport club coordinator makes it all the way to associate director, let alone senior associate director. How do you feel about that? I feel like you should give sport club coordinators an opportunity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like the traditional route. I, yeah, it's on the programmatic side. But yeah. so what what do you think made you stand out? And what made you succeed in that in that role in those roles to get that position? I think it's all pretty much the same thing It's like you 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 put work in. You know, when I was a student, I never thought that I'd be back at Virginia Tech working. Right. And it just so happened that whatever I showed as a student was able to um, translate into me getting a phone call to be recruited back for a position. And and from there, I think it's just working, working hard. Right. It's it's trying to get in where you fit in. It's being willing to do the little things. Uh, and even with club sports, like a lot of folks don't realize, you know, like there's facility, there's a lot of facilities involved. There's a lot of external stuff involved. Uh, sport club doesn't fit. Um, it doesn't fit any other universities processes or procedures, right? It's always outside of the fold. And so mm -hmm. having to think outside the box to ensure that your, your athletes and your program get what it needs, uh, I think is the, is the biggest piece of that. And then just, you know, like being a team player, right? I've, I've been a part of athletic teams my whole career. And so it's like, where, you know, what do we need to be? Do we need a leader today? If we're playing basketball, do we need, do we need 20 points today? Do we just need somebody to, to motivate everybody else from the bench? Whatever it is we need. And I think that type of attitude was what was able to help me transition from, you know, through the through the ranks, if you will. Yeah, that's awesome. You asked, Campus Rec Magazine has delivered. Introducing Campus Rec Basecamp, an exclusive peer collaboration event specifically for aspiring directors. The two-day event will bring together 30 aspiring directors, a team of executive directors, and 10 sponsors for an impactful time of education and networking. The goal is to prepare and train these aspiring directors in specific leadership abilities, management skills, and more to lead campus recreation into the future. Directors can nominate professionals in the industry for a spot in this inaugural event. It's happening July 23rd through 25th at the Four Seasons Hotel in Baltimore, Maryland. Visit peakmediaevents.com or email heather at peakmedia.com Peak spelled P-E-A-K-E to nominate an aspiring director.
So what made you decide to uh, pursue an opportunity to be a director? Oh man, divine intervention. Tell me about that. Yeah, so, you know, I actually applied for the position that I'm in now. I applied twice and I turned the role down once. So, um, you know. It wasn't because of location, right? (laughs) No, it wasn't because of location, (laughs) man. Uh, It wasn't because of location. So um, I applied figured that I would take the job if I was offered. I really had had really good conversations with the folks here. Um, and I I just couldn't, when it came down to it and the opportunity presented itself for me to, to remain at Virginia Tech, to the people who have been really loyal to me through seven years, I couldn't just, I couldn't just up and leave. And so I did it. And I turned, I turned this opportunity down. Um, and then. How really, hard was that for you? It was, it was, it was tough. It was really tough because I, you know, everything, everything that, that I thought that I wanted to do as like a director, I knew I'd have an opportunity to be a director, but when it came down to it, I think, you know, it's a part of you just like, am I ready? Am I built for this? You know, were you? Is this what I want to do? I, I'm glad that I did it. Uh, because while I thought I was ready, I don't think I was ready. And I think it took until the time, for me to uh to apply again really it's probably like six or eight months later where so I how'd, became... how'd that come about which part applying again like the opportunity to have to apply again yeah so you know about three two to three months after i applied the first like i applied and turned the job down i, t- I pretty much told uh, i told my wife i'm like i think i made the wrong decision right and this was like on a wednesday and on the Friday, my current supervisor emailed me and said, hey, I just want you to know that we never filled that position. We were in an interim phase and we're going to open this position back up to apply again, which immediately I knew that that was it was time for me to go get the position. And I think in the process of that uh, grow, growing and learning um, in in my role, uh, I was kind of I was was able to experience, um, what was I able to experience? I was able to experience some different levels of the university. And so mm-hmm. I was able to kind of, I was able to kind of understand a little bit more what, what directorship would be, would be able to look like. Uh, and I had to, I had went through some battles and, and things on that front. And so I said, okay, I know I'm ready now because I've been battle tested even more so at that point. Do you think somebody had a plan for you? There was a plan for you in place and you weren't, you thought it would go one way and it ended up going a different way. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like, I think that was, you know, I never thought that I would even leave. You know, I thought I would be there for, for a really long time. Uh, but, but I think that the divine intervention was when I began to be tormented in my own spirit about not, I'm not taking this role. I think the door, because the job was mine the whole time. Right the door opened up for me to be able to come back in uh, to be able to get that. And so I, I, I'm, I, I'm appreciative of Virginia Tech and the love they show uh, and also equally appreciative of the opportunity that I've had here at Radford thus far in my career. What did you learn about yourself going through that situation? Uh, trust your gut and trust your instincts. Um, and and when, you, when you pray, you better listen to what you, you better listen to what you're praying for. Right. And you, and you better, you better take heed to, you better take heed yeah. to what it is that, that it is that you say you want. 
because uh, sometimes you'll get it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk about you as a leader. Um, how do you think your athletic background has impacted your leadership? Or has it? I think I think it has. Absolutely. I think um, because I've been coached so much, I was coached so much in my in my career coming up uh, that I that I turned into a coach. Right. And I think that the way that I lead uh, is definitely that it's motivation uh, and it's it's being it's, it's being unafraid to to have direct conversation and be amical about things, but really to to force the issue of whatever it is that we have going on, like we want to make sure that we get to an understanding. And if we, you know, it's like a, it's like a team sport. We have a, we have a game to win or we have a, a process to overcome whatever the case may be, whatever the situation. Uh, and I think that that team sports, that athletic background is definitely that, right. It's, it's play hard. It's, it's that locker room conversation about like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to make sure that everything is, is on the up and up, as we say, right? Like we're going to make sure that everything is is fair. We're going to make sure that everything is out in the open, and then we're going to be able to make decisions based around uh, all the all the factors that we know. Yeah. What do you think makes you thrive as a director? I think it's the, honestly, I think it's the, the folks around, right? Um, I think that when you, I've, I've been fortunate. Um, I've been fortunate that I've been able to to do some hiring while I've been here, you know. Hmm. So where where trans where uh, you know transition happens and people leave and then you have to you know hire positions. I think being able to build build a team, uh, I think has and build a culture and transitional culture. I think is the is the thing that that helps me to thrive as a leader. Yeah. So let's talk about your team. How big how big a team do you have? Uh, when fully staffed, we're at eight full uh, full time staff members and one part time staff member. Okay. And um, what do you think makes your team stand out? I think it's their connection, really, to our students. You know, I think that uh, many times we are the students that we that we serve, right? I think that um, the way that my staff kind of caters to our population. They understand, uh, you know, we're large first gen, large student of color uh, population, um, large first generation student population. And I think, you know, my folks have a real heart for that and they want to help, you know, want to help those folks succeed. You know, um, we have some folks that come from non-traditional backgrounds that can mm -hmm. use, they can essentially use, you know, the methods and the things that they've learned in their non-traditional background to be able to help motivate and inform our students to be able to kind of go get what it is that they want or be able to navigate the university's process. So you mean they haven't come up the traditional NURSA rec track to be in the position they're in? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm wondering also, Chuck, can you talk to us about some of the challenges that you've experienced in your five years as a director, what's something that stands out for you um, that's been difficult that you've been able to overcome? Don't say COVID. Everybody says COVID. Yeah, <laughs> COVID is almost <laughs> like the easy answer, but it's the elephant yeah. in the room, right? You yeah. can't deny that. Um, you know, I think that leading leading through like culture change, I think has mm -hmm. been 
probably one of my toughest professional assignments, you know, uh, just with, you know, with folks who have dealt with a lot before you get to a place. And so they have that type of, um, you know, whether it's turnover transition, they, they have like how they view the university and as the university evolves and change changes, you know, how you're able to kind of step into a role and, and truly show leadership and, and protect your folks from what they may be feeling or hearing and letting and building the trust to let them know that like you are here for them. Like I am here for you. We don't have to worry about any outside noise. We're going to be able to do this. We just stay the course on what it is that we're doing. I think that's one of the toughest things. And then just culture change in general. Right. Um, and being able to come in and, and not just build a culture, but you have to, you have to change your culture uh, to be able to, to go forward, I think is one of the tougher assignments that I've certainly had. Um, I think another challenge is probably just like um, when you know when you know something's right and you know you should be moving into a certain direction, right? But sometimes there's whether it's leadership, whether it's timing, there's there's not always the same level of support for what mm -hmm. you maybe know to be true, and you have to just continue to advocate and you continue to to show up and avoid burnout while doing so, right? Um, to be able to build what it is that you know is uh, appropriate, I think is is one of the other tougher things that I've certainly pushed through. How do you, um, how do you avoid burnout? What do you do to take care of yourself? Keep you motivated for your team so you can do the advocating? Right, I think it's about, you know, it's, it's taking time, right? It's taking time off. It's, it's being a model of, um, of not working 80 hours a week, right? It's, it's work-life balance and showing that and leading that. Um, for me, it's travel. Like if I can get, if I can get away somewhere um, and have a good time, you know, staying grounded, staying grounded to the things that you know, uh, to the people that help you to stay grounded. I think those are the things that, that help me avoid burnout. Exercise is, is uh, instrumental. Try to practice what I preach, right? Yeah, right. Um, and so, and so, um, you know, that finding that routine that, that doesn't allow that, uh, allow that burnout to kind of set in and just take an inventory of it, right? And assessing that and trying to reflect on the, the good things and not so good things and, and, you know, how to navigate through the, the parts that you don't necessarily care for. Uh, and sometimes that means not necessarily for me, but sometimes for some people that I've talked to people who were burnout, right? That were on my staff that were like, all right, maybe it's time for you to pursue something else, right? Mm. Getting to the right decision for you. Um, I'd love to keep everybody as long as I can, but when we start to talk about what's, what's the value gonna be to the department, to the university, to the program, to your, to your quality of life, then we've got to decide on, you know, what that, where that may take us. Yeah, that's a good point. So what surprised you about being a director that you weren't ready for or hadn't anticipated? Uh, probably the, the amount of time out of the office, mm. you know, the amount of time that, that you are campus facing versus the amount of time that you're really like in, in and around your own program. You know, you, you know, I didn't, I didn't think that I would spend as much time on, on campus as I do. I think that's something else. I think the transition, um, just from associate director to director, I think it was just a, it's a whole nother seat 
truly. Like it's a whole nother, mm-hmm. um, a whole nother workflow, a whole nother work process. It can be a lonely seat too, right? Absolutely, absolutely lonely seat. Um, and grateful for um, like our professional association to be able to have, you know, really good yeah. mentors and be able to have really good colleagues where you can you can always kind of have conversation, bounce bounce ideas off of. And I think that's something that we do really well um, is, is to be able to do that. So, yeah, it's a it's a different seat. And, um, you know, I spend a lot of time collaborating and trying to advocate to and show the value of what it is that we do. Yeah. Uh, more so than I'm like knowing how many intramural teams we have, you know, like yeah. or knowing how many sport club athletes we have. Obviously, you know that stuff and you keep that stuff in the back of your mind or in, on the back of your hand, but um, really having to to drill down with other units and other departments and programs across the university to, to, to help them understand what it is that we all know as rec professionals that maybe sometimes is clouded by, um, you know, everything else that's going on at the university. Yeah. So DJ, what's next for you? Hey, the, tomorrow. <laughs> that's it, man. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't, I don't have. I, I am, I am here on assignment, right? And so, as I, as I transition through this year, next year, we'll, we'll see. Like we won't, um, I won't put a timeline on it. I know that I'm here on assignment, and that assignment is not complete. And mm-hmm. so, I feel very strongly and passionate to know that. Um, when that time comes, I'll know it and I'll be ready to move forward at that point. But uh, right now I'm really enjoying the work that I'm doing. I enjoy the, uh, the demographic of student that I work with. I enjoy, um, you know, the campus. I, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to, to enjoy about the seat that I sit in. And so uh, not in a hurry to try to figure anything else out. We're just going to kind of let it, let it roll. And uh, when I hear that, I'll know that. And then we'll get to get to move see what's next yeah that's right yeah man well you keep doing what you're doing because i know i know you um you have a big impact on the people around you and you you've established yourself as a young director as an influential influential director so um for what it's worth i think the people that are behind you myself included are are proud of you and supportive of you so you're doing a good job man and we appreciate it and I guarantee I you that every, everybody um, on your team and everybody there at Radford feels the same, same way. So thank you for being on the download today, man. It was great to learn a little bit about you. Um, and we look forward to when you're ready, when, when, you're, when your time is done there, seeing what's next. Thanks for joining us, DJ. Thank you to all of our listeners. And uh, we'll see you again on the next show. Appreciate it.